Hello. Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. How's it going? Oh. <clears throat> Merlin, man. John, 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 Here we are. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Oh, Ooh, uh, are you a sight for sore eyes? Oh, brother, am <laughs> I? <laughs> this economy? <laughs> I, wait, where's my bell? What? Oh, shit. What happened? I can't, I can't find my bell. Oh, no. Oh, shoot. Was it burglars? Bell burglars. Um, are you, um, this is a, a, what we in the business call a leading question. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> are, are you, um, are you a magical thinker? Huh. Hmm. Hmm. I think I <laughs> change for a dollar. Change for a dollar. Nope. 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 Ah, yep, yep. Hang on. I'm gonna have to call up upstairs. <laughs> we've been, you know, uh, it's funny. I want to hear your answer, but we've been watching a lot of Mister Show. Oh, you <clears> the have. Kid, yeah, the kid's pretty into it. Oh, that's um, delightful. Yeah, and it's uh, there are some episodes like uh, the Jeepers Creepers episode. Yeah. With no adults allowed. Yeah. And Sulu, the um, the Australian hot neck lizard, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sulu Bongwater. I apparently can just about recite the entire from episode. the front to back. Really? Well, there's <clears throat> there's one that I got a master that is one of the. I mean, obviously, it's it's a classic mm. for so many reasons. It's got. I think it's the first time that a lot of us became super aware of Jack Black. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. doing um, Jesus Christ Superstar, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but. Um, but of course, it's got it's got you know the thing I look forward to the most, which is Bob Odenkirk singing. Oh yeah, such a great voice. The laser beam of love. Really, a melodious singer, and also great at <laughs> Close accents. Close that refrigerator door. <laughs> really, we the are best. not paying to cool the out of doors. <laughs> the best British accent, the best of all accents, really. I, Only I British people accent. can fly. There's one though where he's like, well, yeah. So the second thing, then I love when he sings, and I love any time that Bob Odenkirk goes, "God damn it!" It's just always so funny to me. Mm. But the one where he's like, "The these slackers," <clears throat> I can't do. It from memory these slackers are worse than the flappers the hippies and the nazis put together mm. at least the flappers gave us dancing um the the hippies gave us those fat watch bands and the nazis gave us that song eight days a week mm. and he, he just he, while he's on the move mm-hmm. yeah yeah there it is yeah yeah no it's it really is it really is a very special show and so far ahead of its time I saw it first when I was in Harvey Danger. Oh, I like this better than my question. On uh, on a VHS tape in the tour bus, brought to us by the member of the band. <laughs> it's got to be Sean. No, the Chris. least likely oh. member of the band. Michael? Jeff Lynn. No, no, no. Not, not, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Not Long Winners. When okay. I was in Harvey Danger, Jeff Lynn, the somewhat humorless guitar player, Said, you guys, you've got to see this. <clears throat> you know, you've got to see this. Popped in this uh, this VHS. Jeff tape. Uh, Jeff has a pretty flat affect. A lot flat of the affect. Time. Mm-hmm. I had never, player. I'd never seen the, uh, <clears throat> I'd never <clears throat> seen the, okay. the uh, <laughs> HBO like uh, header before, and it. Popped. Oh, really? The the uh, the uh, the fuzz the and fuzz. the. <gasps> The first time I ever saw it was this, 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 and I still every time that pops up on any screen that before Sopranos. John Roderick, I swear to Christ, on a piece of paper here right now, I was that was my question in the chamber after magical thinking after Bob Odenkirk. I was going to ask you. I don't know what the name for this is. There is a name for this. What is your song that you expect to hear after? And I told my kid two nights ago. It's pretty close, because if I'm being honest, part of it as yeah, a little bit Sex in the City. But uh, honestly, na, it's Mr. Show. Or or whatever the that What's that one? Oh, was that Sopranos? or you know the other one, I have to say Caribbean Enthusiasm. Don't 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 Right, right, right. But but no, that was that was mine. Okay, so you're in a van. No, not a van. 
This is the this is the, the tour bus. The first time I've ever been in a bus. We're all sitting. Oh, as my grandmother used to say, "Pardon my dust." Yeah, there's like three guys on the couch, two guys in the the banquet. <laughs> Get this guy over. Here. There's a guy in the kitchen. There's a guy sitting <laughs> over here. Jeff's like, check it out. He puts in the yeah. videotape. So this would have been <laughs> not na- me, not me. Nah, two thousand ninety nine, maybe two thousand ninety nine. Okay. No, two thousand. This is when you're, 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 um, you're the. Uh, I'm sorry, I was doing too many things, yeah. and you were the keyboard player, and then Coom bass player. Yep, okay. that's that's correct. And uh, and we're like on some long drive, and and this show starts, and it's like anything. The first time you see it, the first episode. Uh, well, not not everything, but like the first time you saw um, uh, the one with the New Zealanders. And uh, uh, and uh, Eugene Lost? Herman. No, the uh, the the oh oh, oh Flight of the Concords. Flight of the Concords. The first time you see a thing like that. Dump. The first time you hear the first time you hear the the first Jane's Addiction record. What are you going to do? When he takes a roll call. You're going to be like, I don't know what this is. But then I know. You know I then know. It hits you like well, actually, first. Flight of the Concords is a really good example of that yeah. because we are balls deep in what we do in the shadows, and I finally. Got my kid to watch Fly of the Concords. And that show, like the Mighty Boosh, it's one of those shows where you're like, what What the fuck was this? Who was this for? Yeah. I tried to show uh, the Mighty Boosh to uh, my little gang of, of adults over here, and it did not translate to the modern yeah. day. Had they ever seen that show, uh, Captain Cabinets? No. Captain Cabinets, Trapped in Cabinets, Can I Get Out, Will I Get Out? No. Okay, so but, you know so, Mitchell, so, and Webb, Mitchell and Webb Mitchell and Web holds, oh, right? Like fuck. Mitchell and Webb you can still watch it and it's still like, oh, are we the baddies? Oh. Like it it translates. Oh, I'm so thir- I'm so thirsty. But um, but, yes, uh, but the mighty yes. boosh was too, I don't know, too many drugs. Yeah, you get to old Greg. Yeah. It's very confusing. It's confusing. Um I know what you mean and also I want to just say in passing, this is a show Mr. Show, Mr. Mr. Show with Bob and David um, came it's Mr. out. Mr. Show with Bob and David. Mr. Show, Bob and David. Let's get out of here. I'm always spreading mustard, mustard, mayonnaise, and time. Yeah. Um, it. I can't. That is. You know. I was gonna say next to Monty Python. I gotta tell you. I think Mr. Show, <clears throat> which we quote, a you, lot. you folks might know a lot. That and, and one scene from The Godfather, we do quote kind of a lot on here. Oh, there's other scenes too, but one in particular. Yeah, yeah, keep, yeah well, that's keep, true. Keep them coming. Yeah, I was real well. proud of you. Yeah. Um, um, but it was at a time when I was, uh, I guess we had cable, and I was, we must have had cable because it was HBO. And, um, and I was uh, pretty into Comedy Central, but Comedy Central was so repetitive, and you'd see these same ads for things over and over. Like circa 95, I guess, 96, mm-hmm. you'd see the South Park ad over and over. Um, I was super into Dr. Katz, super into all of those. And then that show, Mr. Show, came along. I want to say Velveteen Touch of a Dandy Fop might have been my first one, but I'm not sure. But that became the show that I watched every Friday night while my lady friend uh, was getting ready for us to, to, to go out on a Friday night. Oh, isn't that so, fun? So when you, yeah, I am, when you showed yeah. up at the clubs, you were already pre-jazzed. By some by some cross Odenkirk like uh, hijinks jib jabber yeah, yeah yeah they're from different generations yeah, he nice. likes Star Wars and he's into that Empire Strikes Back shit we've talked you to know? you we've talked before about the fact that the first time I saw the Office the British Office was at your house in San Francisco in your underwear and my underwear and you were like you got to see this it's the same except you had TiVo by then yes so you're like you got to see this I have well first thing I had to see was TiVo Jeff, and what Jeff it was Bridges. you had to and see I, Jeff Bridges I was like what is this magical box and you're like I know it'll just record whatever you want and then you can watch it whenever you want I, know, I was like not too much uh oh, I like line readings <laughs> and then <laughs> how many times did we watch <laughs> oh, oh, that no. three second segment of Larry King or no sorry Charlie Rose interviewing Jeff Bridges All over and over and I'm not, I don't even smoke pot no. that's like top level smoking pot behavior it was such a it was such a fortuitous moment where i've been flipping channels and i I landed on charlie rose right as he was interviewing uh jeff bridges and he seemed super high in it and it was very funny he seemed high but to love it was also high well no it was yeah you were flipping and then you 
you TiVo'd just this very brief. Yeah, and I go doop, 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 and we just watch it over and over. Ridiculous little thing where his face was like, bleh. Not like, too much. Uh, I, uh, I like uh, line reading. And then we all had a version of that line reading. Eric Corson <laughs> used to say it all the time. <laughs> I, uh. Aw. Oh, gosh, I hope we don't die. This this really feels like it might be the end for us. Um, so, so Mr. Show came along. It was a really fucking weird show. Who did I know? I didn't know anybody from that show. Mm. And now I know everybody from that mm-hmm, show mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it really i imprinted on that show so hard and i would videotape it every friday night and like and then through the means that i now have at my disposal actually you know somebody a listener was kind enough to give me all of the dvds but oh. you know the truth is i'd already gotten them off the back of a truck oh. and they're all on my machine at home but it's there's a there's so much to love even if you were there in the 90s like what are some of the hit? like? Do you remember the one because God is precious and uh, because God is precious said, uh, and life and the Bible? No, it's uh, because God is precious and oh, what was it? Is it life and the Bible? No, it's there because it, God is precious. They're in it, but they're in a lifeboat. I said that the other day. I said that to, because yes. God is precious and no, because life is precious and God and the Bible and 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 it's it's on a lifeboat with five people. And it, it's, they're doing basically like what? Mari Povich, Mari Povich Sally, yeah. Jesse, Raphael. Yeah. One person uh, is, is the audience. And then they're arguing about who's the baby's you know, father and ahead of its time. How many bits they did on like weird militias that wanted to be their own country. Like they did so, they were so ahead of their time on that, the Waco type stuff. Although it feels like they were ahead of their time. But then when you look back, that was what we were talking about then. That's what's <laughs> scary is that all this stuff seems new to us for some reason now. But when I go back and look at the things I wrote in the 90s about all these same topics, I was saying all the same stuff. Like is the, that right? Yeah, the, the, the sense of— Back then their, you were calling it the Ukraine. I was still calling it the you Ukraine. You didn't know better. But the sense of the country being divided and there being wackos yes. and the jackbooted thugs of the FBI. And just like a huge media story that would take over for weeks, like Elian Gonzalez or Gary Condit. I think of all the things right before 9-11 especially. But yeah, and, but, uh, but, and then, but even, even stuff like the, the bit in that episode I'm talking about here, uh, which is called uh, the biggest, was it the biggest flop in Broadway history? Um, the whole bit of like how Bob and David are like two years apart and like the gener- generational difference. Like yeah. everybody I know in their late 20s and 30s now is so much more obsessed with that than I ever was. You know, like, Bob wore you, a tie you, and David wore a creeper. He had a Buffalo shirt. Tom shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he came in out of the snow. Um, but, uh, but, but it was and I, ahead of its time. I don't know. But I, it's just, it still delights me. The performances are so goddamn funny. Nambla, We're Not Killers. With you know Paul F. Tompkins up there giving out the awards for the Cyrus Dewey Awards, I can't hear you know? I can't hear the voice of Ice King without being immediately oh uh, I know immediately transported to uh, the the uh, to uh, what the oh uh, god he did the, so the many H. good R. ones Puffin stuff skit um, yeah the uh, Drugachusetts Drugachusetts yeah 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 any I'm sorry I didn't mean to take you off of this but it, it is it's a lot to digest like when it first came out and you do kind of have to get a feel for it, but it's, there's this, I need a name. Oh, this is going on the list of things that need a name. Um, you take Bob Odenkirk, you take Chevy Chase. I've probably said this to you before, but we've, we've, we're big on, uh, sorry, that, that program where you met the guy who made the show community. And we love that show. We like last year got really into it. And here's the, the thing though. I probably said this. I apologize. 95% of what I think about as being Chevy Chase, like straight off the dome, season one of SNL, when he was the breakout star, um, uh, uh, Fletch, Caddyshack, right? That kind of stuff. I still, 95%. I still am, when I think of Chevy, Chevy Chase, I think of those two movies he made with Goldie Hawn. Oh, yeah. Foul Play and the other one. The other one. The one with the albino. Yeah. Um, but but and for my the, kid. The, the Mikado features prominently in it. Then for my kid, it's inverted. 95%, understandably, right? Sure. It's like, how would I, I mean, the way that we would know Bob Hope when we were kids. Well, that's a bad example because he was everywhere. And he did almost kill me on two uh, two separate occasions. Hmm. But, that's a good story. But, but like, for me, it's inverted where I'm like, I mean, I don't think my kid could appreciate Caddyshack in some ways because it was so of its time and it's so, like, silly. But, like, with Bob Odenkirk, like, she knows Bob Odenkirk had known Bob Odenkirk mostly as like Slippin' Jimmy, 
mm. you know, from, from Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. And um, because I'm a terrible parent. Mm. Actually, I rule. I kind of rule. Mm. I kind of rule as mm-hmm. a parent. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like all, or like, you know, he's been in, he was in that crazy action movie last year that nobody saw where he was like a, you know, it was like John Wick but with Bob Odenkirk, mm. where he'd like trained for two years to do this. I think it's called Nobody. I think it was called Nobody or something like that. Didn't but isn't it. it weird though? And like, but there's no, you don't have the context for going, okay, well, the people in this lifeboat represent the kind of show that would be on, like, okay, when we go to the hot dog place and they got the TV running in the afternoon, that kind of show, the like DNA test show, it's, it's kind of become, you know? But I don't know. I just, I, uh, it's so special to me. Well, all that media mockery, as media, and I think I, I mean I haven't watched Community as as we know yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's been trained in, but you in like, the you lore. Like all his stuff. <laughs> I like all his stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, whatever it was, Caddyshack, right? He worked on that. Yeah, uh, he did. Mm-hmm. But I him, him and Starburn, and also Starburns from Community was the producer of Mister Show. I don't know. I don't know. Dino Stamatopoulos. I don't know what, I don't know what any of that means. But That's fine, you're fine. But the but it's all all of that is predicated on the the audience at the time having still only monolithic media uh, in common with each other, right? right? Like Mr. Show just makes mockery of 50 media properties that you had to understand in order to really get the jokes and community too. Community is like a, is a thing that uh, what it's a mockery of a kind of thing. A a sort of monoculture and like happily that's happy days or $6 million man or whatever. That's what we talk about at recess the next day, because of course everybody had seen Happy Days. That's like that's like what you watched when you were nine. But I don't know if kids will ever, if if any subsequent generation of kids will ever have that kind of, you know, they're gonna obviously they're gonna be making referential humor about the things that are in their lives, but there mm-hmm. won't be. But it'll be memes, right? Or I mean, I I sound like such an old man. Who well, knows I mean, what like it'll you be see, in ten we, years? But we talked about going into a hotel room, I think, and the thing where the first time your kid, let's say your kid is, uh, I mean, one of the few things that I can say about us in terms of following the rules that you're supposed to follow is we did keep our kid away from screens until our kid was two. Um, but after that, it's like, you know, just, just watch something good. That's really all I care about. Just don't watch garbage. Don't watch something that's dumb. But, but, um, the first time you go into a room with, let's say an eight or nine year old kid, you go somewhere and your kid, let's say there's no iPad, no phone, and you've got like whatever's on TV right now. And it's like, and you feel like such a weirdo going like, this is what it was like, except with five channels, maybe usually three. Yeah. Four things things were meant for an adult audience only. And one thing was also meant for an adult audience, but you can watch it because it's, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know who is the audience for happy days in 1977 were it. I don't think they were making that TV show for, for 10 year olds. They were making it for grownups, right? Weren't. Yeah. Gary Marshall was, I think, I mean, bless his heart. I think he was cashing in a little bit on, uh, the combination of, well, I'm not saying anything new here, but Happy Days, which came out in, I want to say, 74, came right on the heels of Grease had been big on Broadway. Not Hadn't been a movie yet, obviously. But <clears throat> a Grease on Broadway and, of course, um, American Graffiti, I always which thought it, Ron Howard was in. I always thought it was uh, Shanana Woodstock. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Truebill. You can learn more about Truebill right now by visiting truebill.com slash supertrain. Hey, uh, how many free trial subscriptions end up costing you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, long after you've forgotten to cancel them? Well, a lot, probably. Well, fight back against scammy subscriptions with Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, you don't want, or that you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill, because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. You just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped them save over $100 million. Uh, one, uh, one, one user, Matthew B., says, In a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year on my direct TV bill. Wow. He saved $120 for the year on his Sirius, Sirius XM bill and saved $840 a year on car insurance. Matthew B. saved a lot of money, and it sounds like you can too. You go to Truebill. 
You know, don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash Supertrain. Go right now, Truebill.com slash Supertrain. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash Supertrain. Our thanks to Truebill for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. Good night, sweetheart. Oh, John Bowser Bauman. And that was syndicated, and we would get that at 7.30 on, like, Saturday night. But that was adult entertainment, right? Absolutely. Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, the, uh, Three's Company, Love Boat. It was all – it's incredible to think that that was what middle-aged people were sitting down to consume – and it was because oh, you, you know, know was, I see what you're saying. Kids it's, were there too. Yeah. I mean, we watched all those shows, and I didn't get all the innuendo that was on Love Boat or Three's Company, or Three's Company, and I didn't get all the all the politics that was in that was in every episode of Mash. For first, you know, political politics, and then later social politics. But we were there at our parents' knee. And what's crazy is they were watching it. Like, my mom loved Magnum P.I. Did your mom watch TV? We had a pretty strict... My mom, I, just, I only mention it because my mom very overtly did not. My mom hated TV, would not watch TV. And, of course, she despised the fact that it was my favorite. TV and Coca-Cola were my favorite things in the world. <laughs> my dad loved TV. And my mm-hmm. mom talks about him loving TV back in 1959. And he loved The Tonight Show, and he loved watching sports on TV, and he loved The Late Movie. Um, my mom had strict rules. On Tuesday night, we could watch TV from 7 to 8, and that was two shows, right? That was Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley. And then on mm-hmm. Thursday night, we could watch it for yeah. another hour, which was which Thursday, was, that would be... uh, Love Boat and Fantasy Island. I think it was Saturday. <clears throat> well, we never watched TV on Saturday. Saturday was a graveyard. I remember when they moved all in the family to Saturday, and it seemed like such a big deal because it was like the graveyard. But wasn't that but a Monday was, night show? All in the family. It, it, it might have been a Tuesday originally. I don't know. All I know is that I am much older than Carol O'Connor was when that show started, that and that that is of all of those things that one freaks me out the most because <laughs> he is the canonical fifty-year-old man in my head. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. And now I'm five years older than that. Plus, he was like forty-seven when that show started. <laughs> right. Fuck. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> feels good. That's huh? Lovely. You know, we're gonna make the uh, the '70s look like the. 40s. Okay. All right. I'm ready to go. Okay. Uh, I, in, in terms of magical yes. thinking. Yes. Oh, sorry. Anyway, um, Mr. Show's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Closing that through. Uh, Are you a magical thinker, John? I am conscious of magical thinking. So it's a conversation that I have where um, it's an internal conversation where Magic John and Science John are always ribbing each other. <laughs> And Magic John never says anything where Science John doesn't have something to say. And it's not necessarily vice versa, but... Oh, but this is also straight... This goes straight to your personality, which is like... I could see you arguing with yourself about almost anything, taking both sides, Mm. trying on that jacket and then trying on this jacket, right? And you could like talk yourself into or out of almost anything and then you're you're arguing with yourself. Yeah, but but that but that argument is a pleasant one. It's um it's like two brothers who it's neither one I'm not woo, neither one believes in um in like copper pyramids. But just um you know, and I don't believe in manifesting things. I think it's I think it's Mm -hmm. it's variations I'm not going to use the word quantum, but it's variations on scale. Like this seems regular at a different scale. Would this seem magical at a larger scale than that? Would it seem regular again? Like, like it feels like magic is always a question of how, how far out you zoom or how far in you zoom. Oh, almost like they're not a fractal. Yeah, but, but kind like, of, in, but, it, but in, in four dimensions, like four dimensional mm, fractal. Oh, I love that. Where it's like, yeah. oh, right. You know, like, well, like when the tide is out and you see all the starfish on the beach, but then you speed the camera up so that it's, so that all of a sudden the starfish are all crawling around, like totally socializing with each other and moving around. And you're like, whoa, it's a whole community. And I would never have known what they do. How social they are, what, how active they are, because it's because you just are you'll you'll never be able to see, you can't see infrared, you know. 
Well, a lot of stuff is, I mean, on some level, I feel like I know enough about this to be dangerous. There's so much stuff in magical thinking. It's really all just started because I wanted to make a joke. But but, uh, I I also feel like there there is a thing that happens where I like your zooming in part of this, Mm -hmm. where it's like there are cognitive biases that can really screw you up. Like, for example, I always get this one wrong. I think it's availability heuristic. Whatever the one is, the cognitive or the the logical, you know, fallacy, where you say, well, God, I can't believe it. Of course, today I got my car washed and it rained because it always rains every time I wash my car. Right, which sounds silly, but we all—if you don't have a version of that, you're not hooked up, right? Everybody does that on some level, but then of course somebody can stop you and say, "Well, the reason is you just noticed the times that it rained," or like if you ask people, there was a time when they'd say you ask people to estimate how many people you know whose parents are divorced, and that tends to correlate. Or like, sorry, how many people in America get divorced tends to correlate with how many people you know or have heard of whose parents have divorced. And that is, I think, kind of a kind of magical thinking, which is two or completely unassociated things are guiding your logic and cognition in a way you haven't really interrogated. Is that I always see my hands. (laughs) Sure. Right. When something goes wrong, my... I always Idiot. go, well, there you go again. Like every time <laughs> yeah. you put your foot in the water, it turns out there's a shark there. Duh. Um, and so it's not, <clears throat> I don't think that there's a, I don't think God is watching me. And I don't think God puts obstacles in Do my way. Do you think way, God gives you only Or takes obstacles out of my way. <laughs> yeah. I, I heard you only no, use 10%, 10% more than I can handle at all times. <laughs> <laughs> God's a real joker. But. Like, so I don't, the, the magical, the, any kind of magic that, that is based on the idea that there are sprites in the forest or a God looking down, I, I never attribute sentience to Mm -hmm. happenstance, but I do definitely, I do definitely go, well, you crossed the street at exactly the wrong time. It's like, well, that. Why are you criticizing me? <laughs> it was just I crossed the street and then I got hit by a uh, by a water it's not balloon. Your fault, but it is it's your not problem. my fault. It's like, well, if it's not your fault, uh huh. Yeah, it's not your fault. Whose fault is it? And you know, like that is and 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 the the magic versus science thing doesn't have that element in it where it's where it's mean. Um, it, it's just two sides of amazement. Whoa, well, like, look at do that. Do you say that like, again? That um, as we'll get supernatural, to Supernatural, like, oh, no, 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 that's science. Um, that's what's where the magical thinking comes in. To, to, no, 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 but this leads to the magical thinking, because oh, what I'm going to get to is I think I might be your sin eater. I think as your sleep improved, mine disimproved. Oh, whoa. We can come back to that. Oh, no, two, no, no, like, no, Say no, it again, no. two what? Oh, no. What, what did you say a second ago? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I slept for three hours. I'm two, so fucking two, brain dead. <laughs> <laughs> two hearts. Oh, okay. Two hearts hmm. beat as one. Hmm. I had a twelve inch of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hearts, hearts. Yeah, yeah, they had like a little dance great remix. Great it was like hearts, hearts, two hearts, hearts, hearts beat as beat one. As one. <sighs> mm-hmm. no, 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 no. The average age of a combat soldier being nineteen. What's up? <laughs> oh, I didn't realize you were. What punch the hell drunk. are you that talking explains about? Explains a lot about the first half of this show. What are you talking about? I mean, the Bengals. You like that <laughs> Bananarama <laughs> shit? No. <laughs> well, see, I mean, the thing is, banana Bananarama didn't have the. Craig took us on a heart smart But oh, you know, the other day, <laughs> the the other day, I was uh, we were looking for something to watch. You know, we're in a TV habit now, which is not a thing that I've been oh, the, in the, very the, much. The, 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 the but I'm in it now. Of you, or is and, it just you and your kid, or lady friend? Uh, yeah, well, no, the the no, and the uh, and uh, the kid doesn't really. Right, she's right. in it a little, but you know, her bedtime shows up, and then her mother and I. Her mother is a TV watcher. And uh, and loves TV and loves it in this all. This is of why its we should wife swap or what uh, person Love swap Island, because Australia I like talking about long. what that person was in. We're watching the Anna Delvey show on Netflix together as a couple. And like, what's that? What's that guy from? That guy's from. And she says, "Oh, that guy's from my so-called life." I said, "I don't think that's the father from my so-called life." So oh, that's the guy from Grey's Anatomy, and it is the guy from Grey's Anatomy because it's also a Shonda Rhimes show. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. No, I don't know any of those people, but you and. 
and my daughter's mother would love each other. You'd sit and talk about it all day. You watch Ooh, House Hunters understand. International six episodes in a row. But so she and I are in uh, uh, we're, we're in a TV habit, which is we watch a little Star Wars, one Dark, of the Star Dark Wars Vader, television right? shows with our little girl. We put her to bed, Dark Vader, and then we will then we'll watch an uh, an episode or two of episodic television. But then you kind of run out. You get to the end, and you're like, ah, I don't. Am I really ready to start another thing? We're watching the Olympics, which is uh, which is televised terribly. Uh, NBC and YouTube are both awful, awful, and watching the Olympics is so confusing. And all the sports the it's so interface tell, is so bad. All kind of the same sport. So she was like, "It's just go faster, far when it's cold." Well, I, I got into curling. Yeah, this well, is the first year I like that. curling, and that but, helped. You know, but I just oh, find it all is... so confusing. Oh, good. I used to watch it for hours on the brushing television slows it down, because they John. because we're close enough to Canada here that. The brushing, you get your guard, you, you, you get your curve guards it. It's called curling. You curl great it. word. That should be like a, a like what, like a like a goth album. It, no, it should oh, be. Oh, like a, we a like you do, like do extraordinary rendition or whatever it's called. Oh shit, yeah, dog! That should be the name. No, nope, you know, wait, don't say it out loud. That should be the name of where you put Dick Cheney. We've renditioned him to Guardstone. Guardstone. Rendition oh to Guardstone. Oh my God, that's so beautiful! No, he never come back. You don't Where's come back Cheney from now? He's a guardstone. <laughs> he keep me with his medicine. <laughs> no, you <don't. laughs> But so, so we're watching, we're watching TV, and she says, "Ah, let's watch a movie." And we we don't usually do it. And I was like, "What about that uh, Tony Soprano movie?" Mm -hmm. So we watch it. We watch the Tony Soprano. It's like guard guardstones of New Jersey County or something, right? And about halfway through. Mm -hmm. And he's got his, he's got these speakers and he's laying and he's listening to the speakers and there's a, mm -hmm. there's a track. He's listening to a track. And I said, that, I don't know that track. As in but Leslie that sounds West like Ham. Mountain. And Mountain. Yeah. And Mountain That's all, is all one of those bands where Mississippi Queen is just like. That is a really Absolutely good undeniable, riff. solid, killer track. But when I was uh, playing a lot of shows back east in some of those venues, like, you know, I played the Fillmore in San Francisco, but I never, there's, there is no Fillmore East anymore in New York, but a lot of the, a lot of the, the big clubs that all those bands did sure. East Coast circuits, Allman Brothers and, uh, you know, then the dead and whatnot. Like I've played in a lot of those venues over the years and they always have <laughs> wow. a framed picture of Leslie West and they always have this list, like, Mountain played here 16 times. And I'm like, Mountain? That has the, it's like, it's like, uh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. like it's Funk like 49. It's, it's the one on song you've ever heard of by the band. So here comes this tune, and I'm like, this is Mountain. And I've never heard the tune. And, it, and, it, and I had that moment where I was like, wait a minute. Is this like Baker Street where... You hear the one song and you think it's the only song, but then you listen to that whole mm -hmm. record and every song on there is just as brilliant. Is every mountain song just as killer? Mm -hmm. It's just none of them ever made it onto the radio. And so I went on this deep dive of mountain 12 inches. I will check them out. And they're an incredible band. The whole, why did I not in the, in the 80s, we used to party to John Steppenwolf. <laughs> we would put Steppenwolf on and yeah. Even Steppenwolf has like five great party tunes. Why did we not why did none of us have a mountain record? It just feels like it mm -hmm. talk about talk about magical thinking. I had the same experience on what on, how would my life have been different, Merlin, if I had, I had listened on to Mountain instead of Steppenwolf. When they bust out this song I'd never heard before. And because we watched those episodes multiple times, I heard it again. I was like, what the fuck is this? It's so good. Have you ever heard a song by Barefoot Jerry called Smokies? Me neither. No, no. Is it a trucker song? But is no, it it's from yeah. this like compilation. Uh, I think it's considered a swamp rock compilation from the early seventies. These like kind of post Almond Brothers okay. sort of bands were like, and, but like I feel like I have such an incomplete education because I don't know. I listened to whatever was on FM radio. I mean, I know enough to know that Mountain has a guy named Leslie West, and they do the song Mississippi Queen. But like I, that's a, I have a very incomplete education. 
I, there's a kind of, there's a kind of, what? We call it chugal up here uh, because in Seattle, chugal was kind of banished from the music scene. What does that mean? Anything that, anything that um, boogie. What was that one band? Anything. Um, Like Foghat, that kind of thing. Had a shuffle. Anything that went chicka chicka. And, or like at at any point got a little bit florid, yeah. With the, or or had any swing at all, but like especially like. Anything that had that kind of vibe. I love that shit. I with love a like a bound, but the but the bound. Wow. Super outlawed in Seattle okay. all through the nineties. Had to have like a fallow tone. Because. What? Oh no! Like, like the way you let a field go fallow, fallow you know, time. like George Washington Carver and the Peanuts. You, you can't do that all the oh, time. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah, yeah. you get shit soil and it's fucking Alabama. But like, there could be times. Yeah, yeah. It's like the it's oh, like the yes. uh, the gated snare. Yes, 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 when yes. I first started making records in Seattle, Oof. if you said the word gated snare, everybody had to take fifteen yeah. minutes off and go sit outside and think about their lives. Like you couldn't use it, yeah. even though it's a great idea. It's a great technology. Well, Peter Gabriel used did well. It sounded like art, it, but it and then it became so like just a thin. Well, you know what? I know we argue about like this. Art. Go, 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 Leslie, Leslie West. I haven't had a lot of sleep. Well, so <laughs> so, I but I came up, <laughs> I came up in a time when in the in the eighties mm-hmm. when everything we listened to went. You know, it all was like. Bow, 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 would you would you put ZZ Top in there? Everything okay. all of ZZ Top. Oh sure, and and Aerosmith. I mean, it's it's in, it it's was in all. Uh, don't understand me. Is that that? Is that Funk Forty Nine? Down, down. There's some really good, some really good lives, lives, like, like live on, of course. Where else? German TV of James Gang in the early '70s. That's fucking crazy. Mm. Their drummer was so good. Yeah, yeah, super. Do du- and uh, you know, it's taken mm-hmm. from funk. Yeah. And it's and it's a little funky, um, but he, into the early '90s, one of the things that set me outside of the local rock culture was, you know, everybody here was very self-consciously coming from the punker side, and Pearl Jam wasn't. Pearl Jam's got all kinds mm-hmm. of like chicka chicka in their stuff, and I was in a band with a gut with my best friend Kevin from high school. And he really loved. <laughs> I've never heard that. Chugal. And he, well, it's a, like a word we. No, 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 we, it works. I think it really works. Up here, I don't know. Like, if, like, like, it might Pro be Jam's something case, that we like, stole from. Somewhere. There's a lot of bands you could say they. Well, I think mainly because of like who they became associated with. You could say, oh, they like the Who or they like Led Zeppelin. But I think no, they they like bands that play chugly kind of music. I feel like, yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, and the, and and if you break Pearl Jam down. The rhythm section and you know and what is happening at the basic level of the tune is very like, uh, yeah, funky and really modest mouses too. It's just a modest mouse is a funk band with a guy on top of it. Well, that one, the, the, the one uh, song that was like kind of a hit that you know that one that had like their sort of hit like that was very chugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sail away but even their young stuff even the stuff where everybody was like these guys are reinventing rock which is how people felt about them up here when they were when they were young um if you just took the singer and his guitar and muted them the band was just like you know like they were funky yeah yeah he was good and young and weird he was very weird but it took me, and that I think my musical journey was some. It was through the '90s, gradually weaning the chicka chicka huh. out of what I did. So by the time you get to the long winters, there's no chugal. Interesting. They bred Even it out. Though it's I, native. It's worth me. last night was a big game, and I thought of you when uh, when I, I'd forgotten about Dre, but then he got up there and was doing his stuff when his with his very memorable mm, keyboard yeah, sound. Memory serves on your first album. 
<laughs> you, you, you have a credit blink, on one blink, song for blink. Dr. Dre keyboard, if memory serves. <laughs> yeah. Blink, 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 That's right. Blink, 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 Dr. Dre also famously told, uh, told the that world right? that the cello is the most sinister instrument. And I, I carry that with hmm. me everywhere I go. I'm like, remember, the most sinister instrument is the cello. Huh. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Like, you want to think that it's uh-huh, this. Uh-huh. You want to think that it's that. But no, <sighs> Dre says the cello. You bring a cello in at any point and your music just got 10 times darker. No. And it's like, right. He's not wrong. On TV? With, he's with not your, wrong. He's Dre. Daughter's mother. Oh, I thought you said, were we, did we uh, drop what, a thread what, on you am watching I, TV? Or what was I? Oh, okay. No, 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 Sin no. Eater. no. I mean, uh, this show, it's impossible to drop a thread, Merlin. The threads, it's we're basically living in a, we're mm. living in mm. a swimming pool full of pillows. They'd and we out. dive down and we swim through the pillows. And it, and every, every once in a while, one of us pops <laughs> up, looks around. Is there anybody else here? No, back into the pillows. Yeah. Also, we're I naked. I come into this world, you know what they say. You mm-hmm. know, it's, uh, it, mm. you come in and well, yeah, that's right. You don't go out naked, though. I don't know. They I mean, burn Paul, you, they Paul burn McCartney, you, clothes, don't you know, they? was barefoot on the cover of Abbey Road because he was dead. Because they, they, they supposedly, according to a book I read, in England, yeah. they bury corpses with no shoes on. Herring boxes without topses. Oh, 28. I think, yeah. so it's just so magical thinking. Sure. I do a lot of that. And my, my thought was, because my sleep is just, and please, guys, don't email me. Don't pathologize me. I'm fine. Uh, but like some days i sleep 12 hours and some days i sleep three hours (laughs) and i'm i'm trying to get i'm doing i have an omnibus project underway right now to to it's a big omnibus like it's like a triple decker you know it's like a wizarding bus where i'm working on a lot of different things in the long term that involve trying to get energy right but also trying to i need a unified field theory about time off not vacations, because it's a different thing, but that's the nomenclature okay. is part of that. But I'm trying to work on this bigger effort about direction of energy and known amounts of time away, time off, and things like that. And it's nights like last night where I just realized, yeah. I, I mean, like, it's not, an, it's not optional. Like, I need to get better at this and potentially not apologize for it. That's a tough one. My friend Alex and a I call potentially it not apologize. Another thing that it, needs especially. a name, which is the dependent clause we append that people of our gen- and please don't make this sad. Um, it's the, the the dependent clause we now feel the need to append to every sentence to talk about how we know we're really fortunate. It's like nobody's allowed to have problems anymore. <laughs> nobody's oh, yeah. allowed to have three hours of sleep. Well, don't you know some people had one hour of sleep? If that. Yeah, well, try working four jobs, podcast. <laughs> yeah. You're not allowed to be. What are you, what are you sad about? <laughs> Who is that guy? I don't like him. <laughs> no, no, he gets. He's, uh, he's 27 and he makes 250,000 dollars a year uh, uh, designing. Background he says it's really about deep dive uh, tech, birds. but he's really just selling your data. Uh, yeah, well, you know, with my new app. <laughs> He lives in a two and a half million dollar condo, and he has one poster. He has on the a white Lamborghini. He's got he's got uh, he's a got a beanbag chair and, and then... <laughs> a cube of tungsten. Oh he's yeah, sure. a cube he's, of he's tungsten. Why don't I have one of those? Mm-hmm. Is yeah, tungsten I mean, really heavy? Yeah, Is that I what makes so. a cube of I it cool? People, tungsten. It's fun to say. It feels cube good. Of tungsten. Oh wow, that's the thing. <laughs> oh, what's that's called, what uh, Jamie is dealing with right now. He's ensconced at Guardstone. He's at, he's at Guardstone, and and he's getting and he's getting. Um, the I came across this uh, not literally on uh, on the internet yesterday. Um, yeah, I try to avoid those. Look, I'm gonna say the name. I avoid Rex Chapman type shit. I don't like the whole like. Oh, here's the thing I found. Oh, it's like this 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 precious uh, tiger meeting uh, uh, an amputee child is everything right now, like really cute stuff. But I also don't like the whole like shovel blog shit of like, well, here's a bunch of facts oh. you didn't know. But this one got me. Um, uh, well, but I came across this yesterday. Oh, you got, got a pretty it? good name for a thing I think needs a name. Relative privation, which is a term I'd never heard before. And th- this is basically making you aware of uh, oh. some of these are really good. 
Uh, here's a good one. Uh, number 19, problem selling. Problem solvers take an issue and break it down into small solvable chunks. Problem sellers, i.e., or sorry, e.g., politicians in the press do the opposite. Oh. Bundling many oh, well. small issues into one big oh, problem well. that looks insurmountable Problems. and terrifying. Looking at you, MSNBC. I love this one. Number four, relative privation. An all-too-common fallacy where people dismiss a concern because something else is worse. How can you talk about X when Y is happening? And by this logic, yeah. he goes on to point out, how can anyone ever talk about anything other than literally the single worst thing in the universe? And it's like, sing it, sister. Can I just I be know. tired today? <laughs> yeah, it's the... It, it's the it's the old uh, they uh, they used to one up each other in the, uh, in the the vegan community. Uh, uh, right. were, are you wearing leather shoes? That was the that was the ultimate like shut Don't this argument down. Like, well, if you're wearing leather shoes, then you can't. But as far as uh, as far as yeah. this thing you're you're talking about relative privation relative privation somehow, I don't know if that's a thing but that's what this person calls it. Well, I don't know how this got into my kid, but. At some point in the last year, if you, if, you know, she'll be sitting somewhere doing the thing that all kids do, which is like, eh, yeah, I'm, I'm bored. This is dumb. You know, like, oh, this is, you know, nah, there's not enough macaroni and cheese or whatever. Blah, this, this ham's been sitting on the counter for six weeks. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> complain, complain. Yeah. yeah uh, and yeah. inevitably, as a parent, at some point you say, look, you know, you have 17 Barbies. Now, admittedly, 15 of them are hand-me-down Barbies, but still 17 is a lot of Barbies. To complain about any aspect of having 17 Barbies is unseemly. Mm-hmm. But somehow it got into her from somewhere else because – Recently, you know, a year ago or something, I said something to this effect and her face just collapsed. And I was like, what now? Now what's going on? What happened? Oh, shame. And she's like, shame. I did. I did the same thing maybe three times ever, ever, ever. And each one of them was so deeply wounding. I still feel bad about it. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 no. No, no, you're okay. You're okay. Yeah, you're okay. okay. What do you, what's going on? And I, you know, so I quizzed her about it and she was like, I just feel awful that there are people in the world that don't have any Barbies and I'm so entitled. And I was like, no, 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 that's not, you don't have to go there. You don't, you know, everybody in the world is different and everybody in the world has different things about their lives that are great and different things about their lives that, that are, are hard. And you're not responsible for that. And you don't have to carry the weight of that on your shoulders. It's just important to think about your context. It's just important at, at some point every day to kind of check in with the fact that you're, you have a very nice life. You don't have to compare it to other people. You're not responsible, but, but sometimes I, I, I don't, it doesn't come out this way. I mean, honestly, I really try not to do this because shame is a thing I would prefer not to. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I didn't love being constantly ashamed as a kid. No. So maybe I overcorrect in that way. But it's it's just more a way of saying, well, here, here's the secret, John, I think, is that you're probably starting to get this, and I bet you'll get it more. But I have a pet theory, and uh, like, like most of my pet theories, I'm going to say it's about one thing when it's really about everything. Right. Um, little kids, little kids, teenagers, emotions need to come out. And mm. sometimes you're sad, you know, all the Sesame Street emotions. Like, there's something that's, like, not the way you want it to be right now. And, like, you can't maybe articulate um, on a deep level, like, what it is that you're feeling right now. But you need something to bitch about. You need something to, if you like, blame for it. Mm. And my theory, my pet theory on things like the I'm bored is like, well, you know, transitions are hard. Life is hard. Like sometimes life is boring. And it's like, it's more my way of trying to say, well, it was more like serving suggestion. Hey, you got Barbies you could play with or do this, whatever. But the thing is, it's like a kid who says, I'm not hungry. And then you offer foods and they keep saying, I'm not hungry. And you're like, well, okay, cool. And they're like, well, you didn't feed me. And it's like, well, no, because you're just, you're, you're rehearsing life with me right now, which is totally fine. But I also, I have, I have two somewhat, somewhat complimentary and yet conflicting jobs with a kid. I feel like uh, amongst the many, one of those is like, it's my job to hear what's going on with you and talk to you about it and, and do whatever. But it's not my job to react with the same amount of credulous enthusiasm to every single thing you say. Mm. 
Because that makes it more real than it is. Mm. That's where you make your child and you into a fucking nut, mm. is where you yes and any whim. And it's like, sometimes I have to remind my lady friend of this. Hey, she, our kid's 14. Like, I was so fucked up at 14. And our kid is so emotionally, like, let our kid have a bad day. It's okay. Yeah, if our kid yeah, doesn't right. feel like taking a shower right now, that's fine. You know it's not going to work? Oh, go take a shower. You'll be stinky and no one will like you. Oh, great. Let's fix this problem with shame. I'm not saying that's... But that sometimes when you get frustrated, it's been a long day. You go, just go play with your fucking 15 Barbies <laughs> and stop bitching because, you know, there, there are kids in China that don't have a Barbie. Mm. And it's like, it doesn't know, okay, you're mad and you get emotional and all of that. But, like, it's hard sometimes to find that right balance of, like, look, are we going to talk about what's really going on here? Or do you just expect me to, like, help you rehearse life by pushing back and then we get into an argument and... <sighs> It's just, it doesn't go anywhere. And, and like I said, the secret is that's true of everyone. It's not just kids. It's not just teens. It's everybody. Sometimes you're just in a bad mood. Sometimes you just got to say to your partner, as I do sometimes, hey, you know what? I'm, for no particular reason, I'm in just kind of a terrible mood right now. It's got nothing to do with you or anybody else. And if it seems like my outgassing is because I'm trying to send a message, I swear I'm not. <laughs> because that ends up creating a game of a game of emotional telephone that is unwinnable. That is such a great phrase. Uh, that is like t-shirt worthy. Like, uh, what would I, I say? Well, I am not trying to send a message right now. Oh, right. Right? Yeah. Like, I'm just having a bad day. There's nothing behind it. I'm not trying, right. I'm Stop not looking trying for, to send not, you not, 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 not you or, or my wife, but the world. I talked about this with Alex again last week. I'm like, stop asking people why they don't do something. Stop asking people why they stopped doing something. Take half a beat and realize that's the dumbest question in the world. Why did you stop watching Ozark? Ah, uh, I don't know. I guess I just really life like yeah. I, there's not even a reason and people are like well you could say you just fell off or bounced off and i'm like no 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 I'm, just, I'm so tired of people asking me why i'm not doing something because it implies a decision that was not a decision and me saying anything else like can't we just have an emotion that's not moored to something that just happened in the past or is trying to telegraph something about what you want to be different in the future because that's how you make the people around you completely fucking crazy Yes. Yes. You okay? No, no, I am. You know, it's sometimes. Uh, sometimes I get thinking. You know, I love that about you. Sometimes I always you, have. Sometimes you say things, and it, and, and, and it gets you thinking. On my wisdom document, yeah, you know, a lot of this. Another one was, uh, you know, little kids are not tiny versions of you; they're tiny versions of themselves. Which well, I think everybody needs to learn that. It's like when they become something or are temporarily something that's not what you expected and not you, we get so fucking flummoxed about it. And we're like, can you, then I personally, not you, but I go into this mode where I'm like, hey, could you please pretend you're happy? Everything I'm saying is basically saying to the people in my life, hey, could you please pretend you're happy right now? It's like, well, no, sometimes you just need to be sad. Sometimes, you know, crying gets the sad out of you. It's so interesting, my relationship with my kid, because she's so different from me that we had mm -hmm. to deal with it a long time ago. We had to both understand. and so, you, you and your child. Yeah. So we have yeah, a language yeah. for it now, which is uh, – and, and what it did is it freed me from the thing that, that, my, that you know, plagued my parents was that they both could only think of me as little proxies of themselves. And when I wasn't like totally, them, totally normal, that's how it used to be. Yeah, they couldn't understand. Well, what do you you're, mean? You're, you're being you're being disloyal and perfidious yeah. if you even attempt to consider be wearing a different jacket than the one that I've given yeah, you being, in life. Being other than me, right? Yeah. And my kid and I are not. But and so so at, at so all along, and now that we have you know now that she's older and we have a we have actual like shared language of ideas, we have this. We have mm. this. Oh yeah, you can talk about feelings in the abstract, which you can't yeah. do when they're a baby. We have yeah, this new notion, which is, look, I do not, I cannot um, get inside your motivations, and I cannot tell you how to love or how to who mm -hmm. to love or how to feel. All I can do is tell you what I would tell myself, and here's here's that, and so let me hear what you think and how and whether or not that met your needs mm -hmm. and <laughs> lately <laughs> fill out this comment card lately we've been having these conversations and and you know and a big one is 
we're we're entering that phase where she's you know she's trying out being manipulative she's trying mm-hmm. out like when somebody sure. says hey you know you can't do that she her shoulders slump and she's sad and i go are you sad or are you performing sad so that the person that just criticized you will get off your back and she kind of looks up and goes mm, maybe performing sad I'm like, interesting. <laughs> wow, okay. that's wise. Okay, good. Damn. Well, now you know. Now you yeah. know that it's that it's it's visible. And you know, and I said to her the other day, I'm like, most people will play along with that. Most people will not challenge you, but they will feel resentment in their heart. They know. Yeah, because now you're doing free emotional labor. Yeah, you're you're manipulating them, and they know it. Now they won't challenge you, and you'll think you're getting away with it, but they're going to store a little kernel of of a feeling about you hmm. and hmm. you won't see it. You won't, because right. what they'll do is go, Oh, I'm sorry. No, don't feel bad. No. And you're going to, and maybe briefly you're going to feel gratified that you put it's one over. I can't that. be happy until I know you're not unhappy. Right. Like I will, I will suffer whatever the situation is. Take the hits, the knocks in order to make sure. So somebody said to me a long time ago, I thought this was the meanest thing I'd ever heard before I had a kid. They said, sometimes you have to say to your kid, it's not my job to make you happy. And I thought, oh my gosh, that seems like a really, and I personally, that's not, as you could guess, that's not my style. Yeah. But that does hang in the back of my head is like, it's not sustainable for me to become your source of, your sole source of comfort when you rub up against something that's, that's difficult, complicated, or maybe unsolvable. You need to be okay with occasional unsolvable things in life, and me, you know, buying you ice cream is not going to make that easier. It's not my job to make you happy. Yeah, my whole thing with her has always been my job is to help you learn how to make yourself happy, uh-huh. and I can help. Uh, but or to I, learn why you deserve to be unhappy. <laughs> right? You don't want to learn that from me. You don't want to learn that. But like, I can help, but I can't do it. You know, because and partly I can't <laughs> stay do with it. Mima. <laughs> I can't do it because I don't know your yeah. emotional life. So, just, so you play, you play whack the pinata, and you just start throwing shit around and making, making. You know, it's like, oh, when's the food going to be here? The delivery food. I'm like, I don't know. I I got out of the assurance business a long time ago. Like, mm, I, I am not here to make sure nothing ever goes wrong in your life. Good. Good, Merlin. Thank you, John. Yeah. I needed to hear that. I'm no, sorry. that's good. That's good. You should. But you that. have a you have almost like a safe word. I'm thinking. In, um, this might be from the books. I've never read the books. Uh, well, I've read a little bit of Sherlock Holmes, but in the wonderful TV show uh, with Holmes and Watson, they have a phrase that comes up a few times where when they yell out this phrase, it's basically like a safe word, but it's a way that Holmes and Watson can yell out this two word phrase, which means shit's about to go down. Oh, and the phrase they yell out is Vatican cameos. And I feel like everybody needs something like that. You need something where you can yell out, hey, you know what? Uh, I have enough presence of mind to go that as an adult, I'm being a little bit irrational right now for no particular reason. In my case, it might be because it's four o'clock and that's when my ADD brain melts down every single day. And I, I should know enough to know that, but not be like the notional teenager who tries to find an engine to which I can attach this particular carriage. Like, can't I just be mad or sad or blue or like tired as a thing without then turning it into, as I would say, a whole thing? Because now you're doing the thing, right? Now you're doing the thing where you're like, oh, oh, you know what? You should assume that I'm really frustrated with you. And this is the perfect opportunity for me to bring up some beef with you that you never knew I had with you for months. Mm. Don't do that. Mm. That's shitty. No, that's bad. That's bad when, when what you really need is some alone time. Some alone time. <sighs> mm-hmm. I, I, there was a tough one last night because I I know my she is old enough now for me to understand that she's not she does not have any of the things that I have uh, in terms of like <laughs> difficulties, mental difficulties. What she has is anxiety. Yeah. And I have never thought I've never felt that I had anxiety for decades. I didn't. And when I did confront it, you know, it had it had morphed into a thousand other things. And hers is very pure. And last night, and anxiety, just for those in the studio audience, and, and you know, this is a conversation I have with my my wonderful lady friend. You you know my lady friend. I do. 
we'll, we'll have a, I'll have this discussion with her probably once a month where I've gotten more okay with, and she's, I hope, more okay with hearing, fuck, I am really anxious right now. And another time, she or someone else would say, well, what are you anxious about? And I'd always say the same thing, which is everything and nothing. Right. That's what anxiety is. Anxiety is being anxious about everything and nothing. It's like if I could come up with something for you, but it's like a box of Kleenex where once I tear the top one off, another one pops right back up. So how do I manage anxiety as this, you know, in situ thing rather than thinking I need to go fucking move everything around to make me less sad this afternoon? That's hard to do. Vatican cameos. That's what in, I'm saying. In her case, you know, it it builds and Mm-hmm. She she had a, you see it coming? Can you see she it? She had a bad like day yesterday. She broke a thing oh. that belonged to her mom, and her mom was mad. And you know, and there was supposed to be a there's supposed to be a get together with friends that got canceled, and and you know she was kind of bearing it all. And then at some point, she knocked over a can of seltzer, mm-hmm. and she immediately picked it up. You're not going to get yourself in trouble here, are you? But but you're not going to become seltzer dad, right? But she, you know, like like a little tiny bit of seltzer spilled on the carpet. That's right. Yeah, and the thing is, the seltzer that was on the carpet probably only improved the carpet. <laughs> um, but she lost it, oh. and. She didn't know what to do. And I saw a very familiar thing to me, which was the kind of brain freeze of like, I don't know what to do. Uh-huh. And also, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. And she just completely melted down. Oh, poor thing. And and I said, you know, the 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 seltzer and what happened with the seltzer isn't what what happened. You know, you had a you had a a, a full day, but also like I know that brain freeze and it's, it was a weird, Uh it was a weird conversation because I said, you know, learning how to know what's happening when your brain is actually actively trying to, Uh trying to confuse you about what's happening or your brain itself is confused about what's happening. Uh Like, but knowing that that is a thing that's happening is very hard and it requires Uh a long time of thinking about it and practicing and reflecting back on times like this. But, you know, I, I just want to, I just want us to both sit and look at what happened, which is a can of seltzer spilled two ounces of seltzer. That that all by itself on any other day might not be a big deal, right? It's not a big deal. It's uh-huh. literally not a big deal. I could right now pour an entire can of seltzer on the carpet, and all it would do is mitigate the fact that the cat probably wiped her butt on the carpet right there, and the seltzer uh-huh. lifted the cat butt into the room. Cat butt was real. It was real in that instance. Like the seltzer and spilling the seltzer, uh-huh. and th- and then what happened to you in your emotions and in and 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 in your mind, they're not related. This, this was just a trigger. And that's not something you need to understand. It's just something you need to note. Just yeah, in the past, and I eventually stopped saying it because I realized it wasn't helpful. Which is like you just what you're describing, though, is that with this array of like this went wrong and that went wrong and that went wrong. I didn't get to have my play date. Then the the, the seltzer spilled, and like you could see that on the precipice of like a what we used to call a meltdown. And I would say, you know what? You can still save this. I would say, like, you can still save this. It's, it's almost like when a little kid falls down when they're like a toddler. And, you know, when I was a little kid, you go, oh, oh, oh you're okay, okay. <laughs> Instead, you know, you just say you're funny or whatever. But, but the, the idea is, though, you know that moment. When you described what you described just now, I could see my kid when she would fall down when she was little. And that frozen deer in headlights feeling of like, I'm going to see how these two react to what just happened. I'm pretty sure I just hurt myself, but based on how they react, <laughs> I'm going to know how is it could that be kind of a part of it is like okay, I've just reached this boiling over point. Like now what happens? Yeah, and I she's very much exploring um I mean she's very much a uh, an individual person one that is already encountering difficulty with the way people respond to her mm. at school and mm. you know out in the world because she's oh, um, she's intense and she so oh, she feels uh-huh. and I can't manage her feelings and I can't even uh. interpret them 
all I can do is say, um, these are feelings and feelings are real. Feelings are real. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, it's true. And, it really is true. You know, and no the, matter how many times I say it, nobody's going to believe me until they believe me. Feelings are real. <laughs> feelings are real. And you know, she's almost 11 and yeah. I'm like, this is just the, uh, these are just the preliminary feelings. Um, but knowing that they're real and knowing that they are uh-huh. and knowing that, um, that we have feelings, but then we also have feelings about feelings. <laughs> and she has, that's one thing about her. She has real feelings about her feelings. And Oh, not, not just a glib one cent or sorry, one word explanation, like sad, but like, like a more developed idea about st- stepping away from it and like being able to look at it. Thankfully, she's willing to talk about her feelings with me. And God, so, you're so fucking lucky. Yeah, we have a language. That just feels like punishment to my kid when I want to do that. We're, uh, it does to her too. I mean, she's like, uh, okay, but she, but I've done it with her since she was little. So mm-hmm. we have a language where, um, and you know, she doesn't want to do it around other people. She doesn't want to do it with other people, but she will say like, and 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 what I hope is that she keeps this level of questioning she has about it where she's like he's a skeleton key man i hope but you know if you can like this is a big thing and like all kinds of things that i care about is like go from fear to curiosity whether you're talking about you know doctor who or buddhism it's true like if you can learn to be curious about what's happening rather than trying to quickly put a label on what that feeling is I mean, sometimes you can't help. You go, fuck, I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm disappointed. I'm whatever. But like the curiosity and just even the tiniest little like sliver of light between you and the thing is like, God, let's talk about a skill for life. Yeah. You want to swap? Yeah, that'd be fun. Sure. (laughs) I don't know. What do you got? (laughs) 